This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am not joined with Jim Sebastio today. I have a special guest I'm going to get to in a moment. But before we do that, you can go to practicalshepherding.com. You can access all of our resources there, um, books and articles that we have. You can apply to come to the Shepherd's House two days, two nights for free at a cabin, a beautiful cabin in the woods, 180 acres, uh, and you get it all to yourself, So, uh, and it's all free. So you should come and, and stay with us as well. Um, we, uh, we have all kinds of, of resources as well as ways you can reach out to us. We can be a help to you. Go to the contact page and uh, let us know whatever way we can, we can be a help to you. We try to uh, pass that on to our staff and try to take care of it the best we can. Uh, we want to, but I have a special episode today, and I have a good friend with me. I'm, I'm excited, is with me. I'm joined by Dr. James Carroll. James, welcome. Thank you, Brian. I, I'm so thankful to be with you today. Appreciate I, that introduction. I have to add, I mean, you've worked hard, man. You're, you're a doctor, and I'm not. So, hey, you know, uh, that's impressive already. I appreciate that. I'm honored to sit in Jim's seat today. Appreciate the invitation. It's a big chair, man. Big chair. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. Big, big, kind of big shoes. I'm not saying Jim's big, but it's big <laughs> shoes. So, so we're, I'm grateful you're here, man. And the reason I'm, I'm thankful you're here is one is we, you and I, have a new book coming out. So, full disclosure, this is part of us recording today is uh, wanting to. Uh, around the time this will release is when the release of the book, Pastoral Perseverance, uh, helping pastors uh, stay and thrive in ministry. And um, we want to be able to talk about that book a little bit, but more than anything, James, <clears throat> I, th- I think the, the motive for me in having this conversation is I want to be able to share with listeners how we got to this place. You know, how we have, you and I have written for Practical Shepherding, by the way, full disclosure, like James has been a part of Practical Shepherding for a, a long time. He served on a board for a long time. He's on the executive team of the board. And as many of you know, probably know him best as uh, my co-author in a lot of books we've had in the last four or five years. Uh, this started, though, with, with James writing a book for us uh, called Collateral Damage. James, you want to take a minute and just explain to people what that book was that you wrote for Practical Shepherding? Yeah, so we were introduced. I heard you speak, and so much of what you said resonated with me as a, as a pastor um, laboring in a field that had its difficulties. And so um, I invited you to lunch. We had lunch together and just shared my story, the story of my background, uh, the story of God's faithfulness to me as I was growing up and a difficult circumstance in my family. And as I told that story, you said you ought to write that, uh, put that together. And I think it was a couple of articles first, wrote a couple of articles for the webpage and uh, wrote the story. And you said, I think you could more fully develop it into a book. And it's really something I'd never thought about. Um, I've told that story a number of times, but never thought about writing it in that way. So uh, it, it was an interesting opportunity. Uh, writing is something I've always wanted to do, certainly in my adult life, it's something I thought about doing. And so the opportunity to write uh, was exciting, but then that that content wasn't what I thought I would put to paper first. Mm-hmm. I'm privileged to get to write that book about, again, the Lord's faithfulness uh, to me, especially in my childhood, teenage years, and early adulthood. And then from that, we segue into more writing projects. We finished that project, and I remember we were at, at Southern Seminary. We'd been doing an event there, I think promoting collateral damage and other things, and um, had lunch and had a conversation. And, and I preaching, I did my, my doctoral studies in preaching, and really is the, the heart of what I've studied most or had studied most, and I really wanted to write a book related to preaching in some way. 
And so we had a conversation. I pitched an idea about writing a book about preaching in difficult circumstances. And I remember that conversation well. You said, I don't know if I want to write anymore. And I said, well, <laughs> let's do it together, and uh, I'll carry the burden with you. But I think it's a book that should be written. Yeah. No, I mean, before we keep going there, I want to go back just a moment to collateral damage and uh, <clears throat> share a little bit about, like, you're the pastor of Parkway Baptist Church. Share about how long you've pastored there. Uh, tell me about your family, uh, your your wife and children. Just to give a look, just uh, in case people don't, this is the first time they're hearing about you. Yeah, Pastor Parkway Baptist Church in Bardstown, Kentucky, which is about forty miles south of Louisville. Um, I came to be pastor there in two thousand ten, so almost fourteen years ago. Wow, incredible! Yeah, my wife and I have been married twenty six years. Uh, we were high school sweethearts. We married, and we have two children. My daughter Kenna's eighteen, and my son Jake is fifteen. Hmm. And so we lived. I grew up primarily in Kentucky. Um, we spent about seven years in Georgia in the Atlanta area, uh, pastored, and then helped plant a church there before we came back to Kentucky in 2010. And you grew up a pastor's kid. I did, yeah. My dad uh, surrendered ministry when I was about three or four. We moved to Kentucky so he could study here, mm-hmm. and he pastored a number of different churches in rural Kentucky, um, southern, southeastern, and then eastern Kentucky. Um, until he, until I was 12, and that's when my parents divorced. That's really the story of collateral damage. Right. My parents divorced, and he left the ministry at that point. Yeah, thank you for, for that, because if you're curious to more, know more about James' story, collateral damage uh, is actually a, a really good book to just get a feel for that and to know his story and really what, what shaped him in so many ways. And if you read that book, you'll, you'll recognize what I saw when we were having lunch one day, and he's sharing this story with me. I'm, like you're, I'm, you're kidding me. Like, why do? You, how are you even want to follow Jesus now after that? Let alone want to be a pastor. And you were in, in a thriving pastor and, and a faithful pastor. And so I just saw the Lord's hand on your life out of that. So collateral damage is that story and principles behind it. It's a great, great book. Uh, but uh, James wrote that for us. And by the way, before we go go there, James, education. So where'd you do your MDiv? You mentioned a doctorate. We talk about that. Yeah, so I did an undergraduate degree at state school here in Kentucky, uh, Eastern Kentucky University in political science, and then I went to Southern Seminary and did an MDiv there, and then moved to Atlanta, and while I was living there, uh, did a D-Min at Southern also at it, Southern. with a, an emphasis in preaching. Okay, that's great. So you write Collateral Damage, we publish it. Uh, I got I to gotta share a story on this. So I had, uh, I had a guy that was working with us at Practical Shepherding at the time, and who was that was when a lot of our books were coming out, and so he was he was uh, doing a lot of the editing uh, up front about it. So this poor soul had the task to edit edit my manuscripts, uh, which I believe uh, he he has he will receive treasures in heaven for that that uh, he has no idea about with what I had to put him through. So uh, so he was not used to clean manuscripts. Is my point? Okay, I needed a lot of help with that. <clears throat> you send me the manuscript. I had, his name was Scott. I have Scott look over your manuscript before we send it into the publisher. The publisher had already agreed to <clears throat> to publish it. <clears throat> and we knew you were a good writer. We had obviously figured wanted to see that before, before we had this conversation. I send the manuscript to Scott and I said, so how is it? And Scott, you got to know his way. He, he just kind of pauses and, uh, and trying to figure out what words he wants to say. And he says, that is the cleanest manuscript I think I've ever, ever seen before it goes to the publisher. Now, on one end, there is not a high bar, my friend, if, if, since he was reading most of mine. But he had read others. He had been doing some of this work. And it spoke to not just the gift you had for writing, but the, the eye you had to be able to edit your own work, the clarity of your writing, 
uh, that, that didn't need a lot of, and the publisher said the same thing. So all of a sudden, as we're forming a friendship, I, I discover that you have these pretty rare writing gifts, and I want to acknowledge that you're not going to say that, so I, I, I will, uh, because they, they are rare. And yet, I noticed that you had some, you have a gift for writing I don't have. But as we went back and forth, we realized that I bring things to the table writing that you don't have. And so I think it started to, this conversation about, I think that's what made me open to the conversation when you came to me. Let's go back to you referencing the preaching book. James comes to me and says, I have an idea for a preaching book. My response was, one, I don't want to write anymore. And two, preaching book doesn't need to be done. Like I can rattle off 10 preaching books that I recommend to everybody. And you said, do you remember? <clears throat> you said, let's have coffee and see if I can convince you. Yeah, that's right. And you pitched me a book idea. Um, what was unique, do you feel like, about that preaching book that you pitched to me? Well, first let me say thank you. You're very, very kind in your description. Um, I, I poured over that first manuscript so many times, trying to get it exactly right. So thankful that paid off. Uh, you can attest also that subsequent manuscripts have not been quite as clean. But I do appreciate uh, starting off with Fair enough, fair enough. The, uh, the, the preaching book idea uh, really was born out of my experience at Parkway. Uh, coming there, a church had been planted with an attractional model. Um, where uh, the pulpit ministry was a part of it, but it wasn't the driving factor of their ministry. The ministry of the Word wasn't. Uh, folks believed in the Bible, uh, genuine believers. I, I don't want to disparage them, but their their view of the pulpit ministry was different. And so when I came with a commitment to expository preaching and, um, and really a commitment to preach consecutively through books of the Bible, it's not required, but I felt like that's the best way yeah. uh, to provide a steady diet for uh, for the people. Um, so as I began to do that, their response to the preaching of the Word was surprising to me, and then ultimately in some ways discouraging to me. And um, and the, the journey of laboring faithfully and then enduring that season was uh, sanctifying in my own heart. And I thought, uh, there are books written that describe what we ought to be doing in preaching, what right. faithful preaching looks like, to your point. You right. have a dozen books that we would recommend that make lots of these points. But I didn't feel like there was one that was written to encourage pastors who are doing it faithfully and then not seeing immediate fruit and yet still commanded by the Lord to continue in that faithfulness. So I thought we needed to write an encouraging one. And so the, the dominant response at, at Parkway early on um, from those who did not receive the ministry of the Word. And, and I want to say this again. Um, scores of folks did receive the ministry of yeah, the Word. sure. But there were those who did not. And of those who did not, their response was largely apathetic. Yeah. Um, they would just shrug it off. We appreciate what you're doing. We, we think that's probably good, but it we would prefer something different. And yeah. so I felt like a, a, a book to pastors who are doing it to keep on doing it faithfully was needed. Yeah, and, and when you're sharing that part of it, I thought, well, I, my story is one of preaching in a hostile environment. Yes. And, and then I started to realize uh, I didn't know of any resource that existed to help me preach in that. I read books on preaching. Right. I knew how to preach. I right. knew how I wanted to at least approach preaching, like right. to your point. <clears throat> but there was no book to say, here's how you do it and survive. Right. Like here's how you do it in a hard environment. And yeah. and when when you describe that to me, all of a sudden, just I mean, I think it was a Holy Spirit moment. It's like, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that book doesn't exist. So uh, I agreed to do this with you if you carried 
you know, uh, your half of that weight and, sure. and to try to figure out what that looked like. You know, when I, I was just kind of at a point where I was burnt out on writing, right. it's still hard for me. It's, it's like, I, I'm surprised I've, I've done as much writing just because I, I don't really enjoy it still. Yeah. It's a means to an end. Right. But I was burnt out at that point after so much work on different books. And so I was willing to do this if you were going to be able to be helpful to me. Now, I want to stress in this moment that uh, what ended up happening as a result of that, um, I'm very thankful for because the way you and I have written books together uh, it is a it is a unique give and take, and every book is different. Mm-hmm. But I can say uh, that you and I both worked on these books uh, in right. in our conscience and in all integrity. Right. We both feel we can put both our names on this yep. book because we both contributed to it. And I just want to highlight that is that's the, that's the issue. It's not you write half, you write half. That's right. But in the in the na- in the age of ghostwriters and in the age of right. people who are. Um, not giving credit where it should be, which is a real problem, by the way. It's a different yeah. podcast topic. That's right. But I want to highlight. That's one of the reasons I want to talk about this. Is yeah. you, you and I have have worked really well together and collaborated on all these books, and yet the approach has been different each time, hasn't it? It has. They've been true collaborations. I mean, the the fact is, none of the books would have been produced by one of us. Right. It, the contributions were necessary on both sides. And yep. I appreciate your kindness in writing. You're a more than competent, proficient writer. Um, but a lot of times, and, and we'll talk about each one, I guess, but uh, often you had the idea and or uh, a lot of the, the conception of the, cons- of the content that really drove the book and allowed um, the beginning stages of what would become writing. And so, um, you know, the Lord's grace to help me articulate often ideas that were born in your heart and in your mind. Mm-hmm. It really has been interesting for us to do it together, you know, yeah. all these different times. Yeah. No, I agree. And this book we're talking about ended up being Facing Snarls and Scowls, is what we called it. Uh, I had done a talk on preaching and hostility at a conference at some point, and that got such a huge, just a great response. I thought, yeah, that's that's literally what I preached to. So mm-hmm. uh, Facing Snarls and Scowls, and we, we wrote about how do you preach in hostility apathy and adversity right. personal adversity so that's what that book is about and and that really started james the uh, the the enjoyment of that project and i think the response of that book yes. and i think the the fruit in our own lives of man we this like worked really well that yeah. book represents a good, you gave a good example i would say you probably wrote more the majority of the content of that mm-hmm. book but i can remember the the meeting we had one afternoon where we sat down and we kind of, here's the ideas, let's come together and figure out. And one of the things that, it's a hard work for me to write, but one of the things I can see is I can see the whole book together yep. and I can see how it pieces together. Yep. And and I, I love that part of it. And yep. I remember as we're putting this together, you're looking at me like, man, I didn't I didn't see this at all, yep. but I like right. it. You know, yeah. it's a, so yep. that's what I mean about true collaboration is, yep. is that all these all these books would not be in the current form they are without the the dual effort of, of both of us. Yeah, my memory of that book is we would we would meet and um, I'd have my computer open and we would talk and I would take notes on our conversation, mm-hmm. you know, write down a lot of things and then go back and try to produce, um, you know, some a chapter or a section of a chapter, bring it back, read it, and then we would do those. Yeah, brainstorming, but more than that, um, you know, even more developed than that. But we'd have those those sessions, and that book really did develop that way. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, of course, uh, the hostility chapter. You you wrote that one. Yeah. Uh, pretty right. much, you know, completely. And then, um, 
I did the ap- chapter on apathy, and then of course we worked together on the one on adversity. But yeah. Yeah, it was fun, and I didn't, you know, I never written together or never written with anybody before, so I didn't know what to expect. But it really was a fruitful thing, not just for the book, but even for our friendship. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of the things I, I was caught off guard by. And this, this is what I, I want to acknowledge in this conversation that I really need to attribute to you. And that's like I, I, these books that exist in current form that you and I wrote together, like I, I, it's, it's very safe to say, I mean, trust the Lord's providence and all this, but I just didn't have it in me to do that kind of that amount of work anymore and on, on, on writing projects. But working with someone, not just, this is an assistant I hired, like working with a true, a good friend of mine who I just loved being with, yeah. loved sharing. We already spent years sharing ideas and working with practice shepherding on all That's these right. different things. To get to sit together and work on a project like that was incredibly fun for me. And it, it really gave me, I mean, it gave me a second wind I didn't have. Yeah. Uh, and, and it really, it really worked. God used that in a unique way because <clears throat> apparently I was, according to God, I was not done working on these things. And so, um, but I have to say the, the, the reason these books have kept going largely because of your effort to just to gently nudge me and say, look, let's try to do this together. And that was such an enjoyable experience for us. I think it's what led to the other books, wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. I would say also your humility in it too. You mentioned the age of ghostwriting. Um, your, your willingness to be a, a partner in the collaboration was also a grace to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd, you'd published a number of books, almost 10 probably by then, and just your willingness to work together on it. The, the, the books weren't written by Brian Croft with James uh, right. Carroll. They, oh, right. they were co-authored, and I appreciated that. It was mm-hmm. a, an opportunity for me and, um, and a grace, but it really was friendship. Yeah. Um, and you always felt like we had a friendship before, but it, it blossomed through that even more, you know, kind of knit our hearts together. No doubt. More and more. Another book that came along the last couple of years is Pastoral Friendship, which yeah. is something we have been talking about wanting to do. And what was fun is we got to bring Michael Haken into that. Right. And that came out of my friendship with Michael. Uh, he and I just talking friendships that we said, this would be a fun thing to, to try to do at some point. Those who ever tried to work on a project with Michael Hagen, uh, one, he's in high demand. So to, right. get, to get him to agree to that yeah. and to, to work on this together. And when you're, you're talking about three authors working on a little book, like That's this right. is going to be a nightmare, you know, some, yeah. some would say. And we really did kind of break down three, three, and three on, on yeah. this. There's three parts of the book in a That's sense. Right. And that was a really good experience too. But that, I just want to highlight that book briefly sure. because that's a totally different way than right. But I don't know of another way to do it. Oh, by the way, we should we should say we were working on it for another publisher. That's right. And the way we were writing it, three, three, and three, yeah. uh, the, the the three parts, each of us take a part. Uh, they they were wanting to change it. It's like right. they wanted to fit it in a series, and we finally just punted and said. Yeah. You know what? No, we're Pulled just out. not doing it this way. And yeah. we realized the amount of. I think we all just looked at it like, if it's like if I got to do that much work on top of what I've already done, I'm just I don't even want to do this. We went and found another publisher and got it published the way in the form that it is. That's right. And so, but I'm I'm really pleased with that. Yeah. And I loved. I mean, I, I mean, for those who don't know Michael Haken, one of the premier scholars in the world. That's right. And one of the sweetest men you'll meet. So Absolutely. it was really fun to just have him involved in our projects like they yeah. were. I have a couple of memories of that of that project. Um, the first is I was really intimidated when I sent the first manuscript to you, so I wanted to make it really clean. Mm. I was probably equally, if not more, intimidated. Oh, you should have been more intimidated. <laughs> to send the first manuscript, uh, the first chapter to Dr. Haken uh, to, to get it reviewed. I felt like I was sending it 
into professor to get a grade back on it. Except this is a lot more personal, so it even feels like in higher stakes. So, but he's so gracious and and kind. Really did offer great feedback, and it was it was a pleasure to work with him. The other thing I remember on that one is uh, you came to me and said, uh, "Dr. Haken and I have been talking about this project, writing a book. I don't know if it ha- I have it in me to write this. Uh, would you want to work on it?" And then um, and I was I was happy to jump in, yeah, uh, squeeze in on that project. Not only to work with you, but the privilege to work with Dr. Haken. Well, and I also knew, you know, I, I had done a book with Michael previously uh, and really enjoyed that process. He actually invited me into that book, which mm-hmm. I, I felt really just honored and, and privileged yeah. to do that and loved that experience with him. But after doing that, I realized, okay, he he writes in a certain way. He writes about certain things. Yeah. And so I realized the what, what I was going to have to carry to do a book with him on friendship. Uh, I was like, yeah, I, James is going to, you're going to be the guy to come in and try to help with this part. And it really did. It worked really well, and one of the things that that uh, Mike Wagen's notorious for is it just he's got so many book projects, yes. um, and that what's he going to make a priority? Right. And it was really encouraged. He was so excited about this that yes. he prioritized this. What he told he me did. so, yep. and we got that book turned around pretty fast. And that's another yeah. nice thing about it, isn't it? When you got three people working on a, the same that's book right. and it's collaborative, and we're all working on our own parts and bring it together by a certain point. You, you can get a book out pre- pretty fast. Yeah, the work of the book was really quick. As you mentioned, the the publishing um, dilemma that we had with it, you know, drug out a little bit, but but completing it, yeah, yeah was great. And, yeah, it was a fun project and different than the others that we've worked on. Yeah, yeah, and I want to say these. I saved these last two on purpose. One is so because you and I did the field guide together. So I want to go there and probably several of you who are listening to this know about the field guide or at least even gone through it. We've heard from people from all over the world uh, of just how it's been used and it's been a tremendous encouragement to us just seeing us. So thanks for sending those in to us. For those who don't know, we wrote a field guide, a 52 week, we call it a field guide. It's called Practically Trained Pastors. It's a beautifully spiral notebook. Uh, Evangelical Press did an amazing job putting this together. And and this is basically practical shepherding in a one-year training. Yes. So it's the, the field guide that takes you through 10 of our books. Some are the ones we've been talking about. That's right. So we have 10 core books, in this, and the field guide takes you through. In fact, you can, go to, uh, you can go to our website. You can go to 10 of those, and you actually now can get that in all 11 books in English and Spanish. Because the Spanish just got done, which is really exciting. But, yeah. you know, James, the, the field guide, that was, uh, that was a really big deal for me. To, for us yeah. to be able to do this and to have the opportunity. It's like these other books had to get written yes. before we could do the field guide. No, we wanted to be these core books that that hopefully until Jesus comes back, this is going to be a one-year training that people are going to be able to use. It's designed, it's you know, it's colorful, it's, right. it's, it's, a, it's a guide, basically, from here's 52 weeks, and in each week it's here's the scripture you read, you know, here's the, the chapter you read in one of the books. You and I shot... A video for every, all 52. Right. Remember those days every we did 52 week. videos, four or five minute videos of us talking about that topic. You can find all those online on practicalshepherding.com and they're all free and available to anybody. We wanted them to be free in that way. But, yeah. but re- talk about what that project was like for you because then right. it was another shift. It was a totally different way we approached this, isn't it? It's absolutely right. And probably similar to the way uh, you helped me with collateral damage to tell the story of God's grace in my life. I felt like uh, the training guide was my opportunity to help you huh. tell yeah. the story 
that you've been telling for practical shepherding was about a decade old at the time. Yeah, maybe 10, 12, 10 or yeah. 12 years. Uh, you'd been doing this. Uh, you'd started the cohort already, and uh, you were doing the the was it forty week cohort, right? The video cohort, and so I, I was watching you do it, uh, and you you were investing in pastors and training them. And so the opportunity to to write this and to produce this resource that really took all that that the Lord had provided for you to do, or much of what the Lord had provided for you to do in the first ten or twelve years, and then to package it in a way that other pastors. Because one of the discussions I remember with the board at that time was how are we going to expand the ministry beyond just you? Yeah, you, you only have right. a certain amount of margin. You can only uh, disciple and train a certain number of men, even with a video cohort. There's just a limit to it. And so how do we? multiply, reproduce this, and the training guide was that opportunity uh, to put to paper. And what I love about it is it, it guides, it provides so much great content, but really rightly used, it requires that the pastor actually use his own experience and wisdom That's right. through that material uh, to train the pastor. So so in a way, we're helping them train, but it's that pastor who's out of the overflow of what the Lord's done in his life is actually training the, the uh, younger pastor. Yeah, and I, I, I'm one of the things I was so excited about uh, the feedback we've gotten from it because it's about three years old now, and so we, we've had several, I mean, just messages of people who've gone through the training, right. taken another group through it. Uh, is we captured what you just articulated, which we didn't know for sure. Right. But the goal was let's give a clear guide. So if that if a pastor's by himself and just wants to go through this training, he yep. can. That's right. Doesn't have to have anybody with him. That's right. And yet, we also wanted to create it as a way for a pastor to take his elders through. That's right. A pastor to take his interns through and train them uh, to be able to do it as a class somewhere. That's right. And that teacher, the one training, is able. Able. There's margin to speak from their own experiences. And man, I think that's the thing I'm most proud of. That's it, right. That that the, the field guide ended up being. It's what we had hoped for, but you just don't know. That's right. Until you see. You know, some guys want materials so they don't have to bring their own experiences in. But, but because it's such a, of a practical nature, which is what we were going for, yes. I think that pulls it out. That's you right. know, if it was a if it was just a systematic theology that yes. we're, that you're taking them through, yep. there's there's almost not you're not baiting them to pull in your own experiences. But when they're teaching them how to care for a widow, or they're teaching them how to do a funeral, or they're teaching That's them right. how to visit a hospital, yes, uh, or or they're teaching them how to care for their own family and ministry, then which the field guide covers all those things, then they. Uh, they have an opportunity to to just naturally connect with it on their own. That's right. Uh, books that give the theological, biblical, or even philosophical grounding for ministry, those books are important, but this one builds off of them in a, in a real practical yeah. way. Uh, one of the young guys serves in our church, um, had the opportunity to do a funeral this last week. Difficult situation, person connected to our church, um, probably an unbeliever, a largely unbelieving family, and so the, the ability to help equip him for that is really what the training guide is aiming for. You right. mentioned funeral. Just that's a practical example. We're, young pastors are going to face those situations, and you can do it the week that they're preparing for it, but the training guide will allow you ahead of time to just discuss these topics and, and uh, do some preparation. So, yeah, I'm thrilled the way it turned out. I think uh, it's, a, it's an appropriate representation of the ministry the Lord's given you and continues to give you, but... Yeah, it was a good summary of that, I think. Yeah, one more thing on this. I think because as far as the way we wrote this is you, I think, I feel like you did a good job of encouraging me to say, like, this is this is your life's work. That's right. You really got to write most of this. And you were right. Like, I, I couldn't sure. push push back on that. So I I would say that on the field guide, most most of it was certainly ideas I'd already created 
and things I'm just tweaking and rewriting to fit into the That's field right. guide. But there was a, there's a whole section at the end mm-hmm. that we added that's not even a part of the, the 40 weeks of the curriculum, the cohort curriculum you're talking about, which you're right. We, I, I created this curriculum for a 40-week cohort that we're in partnership with the North American Mission Board, which we're in our sixth year doing that. Wow. But that you're right. That's where the idea of well, what is what would this look like in a written form? And I think right. that's where the conversation started. But there's a whole section of the field guide that I think is really important. It's kind of pulling everything together. It's making it about evaluating your own life in the midst of it. And you wrote a ton of that part of, of the field guide as well. So uh, that was kind of all new material that I had not developed. And then you were able to come along and, and really provide uh, a lot of direction with that. Again, it's another example. Uh, all these projects have been collaborative and uh, the, the different kinds of investment you know, in the project at different levels. Um, yeah, but the Lord's been kind to, to work in both of our lives and then through both of our lives in ministry uh, to bring about um, whole projects. I think that's what's in, been encouraging and also difficult. When two people work on it, often the, the book or the resource will sound like one of them and not the other yeah, or be yeah. dominated by one and not the other. Right. And um, that, you know, in the Lord's grace, it seems like we've been able to, to write together in a way that uh, it's, you, you can't tell where you wrote mo- more of one chapter and or I wrote more of one chapter. They seem to be seamless, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I agree with you. And before we go to the, the, the new book we'll talk about in a minute, you know, I, I just want to acknowledge what you said I think is really important in that uh, the moment that this will not work and even be really frustrating is if all of a sudden one author or even both authors start to become territorial That's right. about, oh, no, I want to do this. Right. Or, no, I want credit for this. Or what, like, it, it's, if you're, in, you really have to be for each other. I think mm-hmm. that's like, like yeah. as a, we wrote these books, I can, I can genuinely say because you're my friend, yeah. like, and, and I was excited for us to do this together. Yeah. Uh, not at all. I know I, I, I need all, I need the credit for this part I did. Right. And you've had the same attitude towards me. I would That's say right. if, if, if you take anything away from this conversation, mm-hmm. other than you should buy the new book, That's is right. that um, if you're going to collaborate with somebody, it's a wonderful experience if you're for each other That's right. and you want the good of the other. The That's moment right. that changes, you're done. Yep. And and I think you're exactly right. What The seamlessness of the books, like, People not necessarily being able to tell who wrote what uh, all the time is a good right. testimony of of the kind of the way it just meshed together. You, you have trust each other completely. Um, I, I I think it was the preaching book we were working on it, and um, you know I'd uh, I'd developed the initial idea and pitched it to you, and I, I remember some of those sessions where uh, we're, we're talking. And you say I, I think we should I think we should shape this chapter this way. And I didn't think we should shape it that way, um, but 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 it's that that give and take, and then just trusting you. Yeah, you'd written more, you had greater experience, you know, in that way. Um, but without that level of trust, it just would not have worked. Yeah. And consistently throughout, I just remember that example. And on the flip side of that, every single thing that I wrote, you, I asked you to read and kind of just tear apart from an editorial <laughs> grammatical because you have a gift to see it in a way I just know I don't I still don't like yeah. 25 books in I, I still don't believe I have a gift in those areas and yet it, it was funny when I would get comments from you like regardless on whether I totally made sense or it's like I just trusted you yeah. because I trusted your gifting sure. in a way that I'm not gifted and 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 that was 
that was just comforting to realize. You know, I just, I just that's something I need to trust you in. In every single book we've written, whatever sections I've written, you have spoken into because I've needed somebody to do that. So to have somebody who's who's invested like that and has the gift to do it was was I think one of the one of the ways this worked so well. So I want to move to the last book. Okay, so sure. the new book, Pastoral Perseverance. Uh, as you're listening to this, it had uh, just released uh, first part of February, and it is a, a a book that basically this is practical shepherding in one book on the theme of perseverance. So, James, from your perspective, talk a little bit about what this book is about. Yeah, the book is I talk about it from a couple perspectives. Uh, one is it really is a capstone book for practical shepherding. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does summarize a lot of the earlier material, um, but then applies it for uh, pastors over the long term. So it takes a lot of the um, the practical wisdom and instruction that pastors need to hear, um, and then it packages it in a way that will help ongoing and pastors over the long term to continue to do it. So it's one thing when you're young and you don't know what you ought to do, mm-hmm. to need to learn how to do it. And a lot of practical shepherding is investing in, in that kind of person. You've never been a pastor or you've never been trained. Let's help train you. Mm-hmm. This book, though, different than those, is written for a lot of times or in a lot of ways for men who are trained and are doing it, mm-hmm. but it's hard to persevere in it. Yeah. It's hard to be faithful over the long term. Yeah. It's hard to finish the race. And so this book um, conveys a lot of that material, but then with a strong exhortation to keep on until the end, until the Lord calls us home. Yeah, the, this book in one book is the is the core of not just really practical shepherding what we're about. So it's exciting to have one book that says, yeah, this is who we are. This is what we're about. That's right. But it, it's we titled it Perseverance because the the whole of what we do is our desires to help pastors thrive. That, that's mm. what we do. We want pastors to thrive, which means we want them to experience joy in the work, not mm. just surviving. And we want them to thrive in a sense they get to do it a long time. That's right. That we, we're convinced that's what the Lord's plan and will is, but we're kind of in an unprecedented time of difficulty being a pastor. That's right. James, I saw a couple weeks ago that the AP put an article out on this. And I thought, okay, the AP right. is doing an article on pastoral burnout and the amount of pastors <laughs> leaving the ministry. I think we have yeah. a problem, you know? Yeah. And so this the timing of this book, it seems to be very providential. So it's exciting for me to, one, have really our core teachings in one book, That's right. but to have uh, to have it under the idea of, no, all these core teachings point to this, it points to, here's how to help you persevere in your ministry. So we're convinced... Well, everything in this one book really highlights what is every pastor, regardless of the country, culture, language, all those things. It highlights what do you have to be thinking about? What areas of your life do you need to be addressing that's right. to do this a long time? That's right. And so I, I think that's what I'm most excited about is to have one one book. It's 120 pages, right. so very accessible. accessible. Everybody knows us. We don't do 400 page to smack theology books. You know, right. we just don't. It's not who we are. We appreciate them. Yeah. Right. So 120 pages, and again, as far as writing style around this. This was similar to the field guide, wasn't it? Like you mm-hmm. kind of said to me, look, man, this this is right. this is your 15, I mean, 15 years into the, in this ministry. That's right. Uh, th- this, is, this is a reflection of one book of the core teachings. So I did a lot of That's the right. writing and you did a lot of the shaping and the editing and speaking into different sections, right. which I think, again, because I'm not gifted that way, just made the book so much better. Yeah, it, it really did the, the final chapter, which in many ways, uh, makes the book. It's all really good. That last chapter is so great. Uh, 
was developed out of a talk that you had given, you know, on that subject. I remember and said, I really think this content needs to be conveyed right. in writing form. So let's think about how we could um, structure it. And so uh, it's great. But yeah, you, you carried a lot of the burden for developing it. And then, and then we worked together to bring it to its final form. Yeah. But, but, but we are in, in, a, in a time, the last three, four years have been so challenging mm-hmm. for pastors. And we, we tend to think about the difficulties on the frontier. And it is difficult. Uh, to be a, a frontier missionary or a, a pastor um, who is pushing into areas where um, there are not established churches. But our culture, America in the 21st century, uh, particularly in areas where there have been churches for hundreds of years, has a unique challenges. These environments are difficult, and it's difficult to persevere. Expectations can often be unbiblical on a pastor. Um, and not only from the outside, but even from within, the pastor's own expectation of himself. Um, we tend to have this uh, prosperity theology that we carry, even as faithful pastors, we think mm-hmm. if we do it right, then it will either be easy or it will have measurable results or, or people will affirm it all around. And, and often faithful ministry endures suffering. In mm-hmm. fact, that's the, the way the Scriptures talk about. Faithfulness in the Scriptures often leads to suffering. That's part of God's grace to mm-hmm. discipline us and to refine us. And so this book addresses what is happening all around us. Like you said, if the AP is picking up on it, then clearly it's an issue <laughs> that, that's going on in the church. No doubt. I appreciate you sharing that because I think that captures well. You know, This book was written to help a pastor who's being faithful, doing the right things, but it's feels like it's not going well. That's right. Or it feels he's suffering or the church isn't turning around or That's right. you know, we wrote this book as a way to say, look, this is actually what you're called to. That's right. And so mm. if you want and that's why we so much of it is driven by just teachings from God's word. Mm. This is what God in a sense this is one book that says this is what the call of a pastor is. Mm-hmm. Know it because this is you have to know it to know what to persevere in. So, you know, 30, you know, 30% of my church left last year and right. my budget's cut in half this year. That's right. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? That's what right. if you're doing stuff right? That's right? And that's the actually result of it. That's right. So we wrote this book to say, look, this is what God expects of you. Yes. This is what you're to persevere in. Yes. And, and God can give you the grace to do that. But what I have found, James, in 15 years of this work, practical shepherding, is that the way to help guys persevere is... To, is to remind them what they're truly called to. Because most guys who burn out, most guys who are discouraged in the ministry, I find over and over again, they have a wrong understanding of what to expect of themselves and their church. That's right. Uh, and and so we want to try to bring people back to, this is, this is what God says it's going to be like. This is what right. he's called you to. Be faithful in that. That's all he's asking you to do. So That's we right. call it a pastoral perseverance because ultimately we want these core teachings to be what helps them to, to persevere. So... James, I just want to I appreciate you coming on and being willing to talk about this stuff with me. And I, I just want to publicly say, which I've said many times before, just your friendships meant so much to me. And the uh, the opportunity to do this work with you has not only allowed me to write more than I would have, um, but it's just been a joy, just the experience of getting to work with you. And so I just want to say thank you to you. And I also want to use this time to say, you know, if you if you want to write um, out and you're trying to figure out how to do some of these things. A lot of times, if you bring somebody in who's like-minded, who's in your friendship and wants to write, that those a lot of times become better works with somebody else working with you than they would be by yourself. We have certainly experienced that, I believe. Our friendship 
and uh, the privilege to write together this has been a grace to me. You, you invited, essentially invited me into your world and allowed me to participate in it. And it was, uh, you know, the Lord used it in so many different ways. I, I, I've loved to write, but the opportunity to do it together mm-hmm. has been uh, different than I would have thought it would be and, uh, and an extraordinary blessing. And, and I, the, the Lord's kindness to do it um, is something you know that, that I couldn't have expected. So I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, it's been a wonderful, uh, wonderful privilege. Thank you to do that. Pastoral perseverance is officially out now, and we want to encourage you. Uh, you can pick it up uh, a lot of different places. Certainly, uh, Amazon and others will have it. But ten of those is um, we're trying to help take over the world um, <laughs> because they're doing an amazing job. So go to ten of those dot uh, com. And the best price on any of the books we've talked about, in fact, uh, the field guide and the, uh, the 10 books that go with it is called the Practical Shepherding Pack, P-A-C-K. You can find it in English and Spanish, and they have it as a special now for like 99 bucks, 11 books for 99 bucks. And, so, and it's insane. Yeah, like, it's a good I, deal. I, our ministry can't offer that to somebody. <laughs> We're trying to figure out how 10 of those it does, 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 does get out of it, stay, stay in business. Yeah. But, but they're so ministry-minded. That's what yeah. they're trying to do. So if you go to 10 of those, that is the best place. And what 10 of those has, best price on this book, by the way, this new book. But if you want to buy a 10, you know, 20, take a gr- give it out to an event, 10 of those has offers right there on that page. Go look, buy 25 at this discounted price. Yeah. So they are wired. They're set up to you want you to be able to give this book away and use it to, to train guys. And so um, that's the best way to pick up Pastoral Perseverance at 10 of those. And uh, write us, let us know if there's a way we can, we can serve you in the future around this book. So James, we close this time out. Can I ask you just pray for pastors mm-hmm. in regard to just their perseverance? as well as just uh, God giving them wisdom if they're trying to think through writing and how to maybe incorporate somebody to do it. Would you pray for us? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thanks, Brian. Father, we're thankful for the privilege we have to know you through Jesus. Um, We're thankful for uh, what you've accomplished for us uh, through him and uh, through his work, his death and his resurrection. Lord, we're thankful for the privilege to know and lead your people. Um, God, that you would uh, give us stewardship to lead and shepherd your people is a grace to us, and we thank you for it. Um, Lord, I pray for pastors who are faithfully laboring in fields, uh, maybe in obscurity or in suffering. And Lord, I pray that by your grace and through your word that you would strengthen them, uh, not only in their souls to persevere in trusting in you and in faithfulness in pastoral ministry. I pray that you would equip them with all they need uh, for life and godliness through your spirit and your word. Uh, God, would you hold them up and would you give them wisdom on how to navigate difficult situations and how to walk faithfully? And uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, multiply the the work of pastors who want to encourage other pastors. Uh, maybe that's through um, friendships or through writing. God, would you give them wisdom and opportunity? Uh, Lord, the, the gospel's taken forward uh, primarily over the centuries um, by ordinary men and women who love you and serve you and and faithfully serve in the field in which you planted them and then pass the baton to the next generation. We're thankful for that. So I pray for pastors who are among that group today. Uh, would you work in their hearts and through their ministries in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen.